Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 214. Are you an Infusionsoft user dealing with a mess of Confusionsoft? Are you ready to use your app to make lots of money every month rather than just spend lots of money? Well, I have a solution for you. Head on over to KimFusionsoft.com to find out more about my strategy program, which can help you take your business to the next level using your Infusionsoft app. Again, that's KimFusionsoft.com. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I'm so thrilled that you are here to join me today, and I'm thrilled to introduce you to our guest, Elizabeth Walker. Elizabeth is a leadership coach and the owner of Mind Body Woo Woo. She's been an urban forester for over 20 years, and she's recognized as a leader in the industry. Elizabeth, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you so much, Kim, for having me here, too. Oh, you're so welcome. I would love for you to introduce yourself even further than when, how I've... Oh, Positive Productivity Podcast. We got the lawnmower going in the background and the cat sneezing. (laughs) And I was about to... I was about to just quickly explain to the listeners about the lawnmower in the background in case they could hear it. But yeah, could you please introduce yourself to the listeners and share a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So, um... Yeah, my journey has been quite the quite the fun one, I would say. Um, as you said, I'm a consulting forester, urban forester, and I've been doing that for about 25 years. And a lot of people are wondering, what the heck does that mean? And basically, I've been able to uh, uh, work with people and trees in cities and uh, help them manage their trees, both the city itself, uh, the city staff, as well as um, private citizens and residents so that we could have a healthy forest because the forest is one of the most important components, I think. It's part of the infrastructure of a city that uh, we heavily rely on and we don't know about it. And uh, so anyway, I've been doing that for 20, 25 years and just found that um, it's no longer a very fulfilling career. So I've decided to see what what, what else could I offer to the world? And basically I've transitioned it to working with um, executives and others who are stressed out to help them uh, be more productive in a positive way. So that's why I really am excited to be a, a guest on your show because um, I see there's a link between what my work was for so long to what people really need in their lives right now, which is um, a reconnection with nature. So I'm excited to talk to you about that some more. I can completely relate to the need for a reconnect to nature. I have to confess that this entire week, and it's getting a little bit chillier here in Ohio, but this entire week, the extent of my getting outside was simply the five-minute drive to daycare to pick up my kids and the five minute back drive back home until today when I actually went out to lunch and that's still not even nature. That's just me driving on pavement. Like there was no nature in that, but 
that was my extent of seeing natural sunlight that wasn't coming through a window. <laughs> and there's got to be more than that. I mean, I'm in Ohio in the middle of cornfields surrounded by parks. There's no excuse. But and and by getting out, you know, that does so much for creativity and expanding our knowledge and our ideas and becoming better leaders. So I think what you're doing is fabulous. But I also want to talk about that transition from your former career to what you're doing now. A lot of entrepreneurs are scared to leave what they've been doing for many, many years. And it could be a career or it could be a former company that they had already founded. And they don't want to give up what they consider to be certain for the unknown. How did you make that transition? Well, actually, I'm still in the process of the transition. So I can I can very much relate to how it can be a very scary, um, unsure move for folks. And, and yet, I think by doing it slowly, I mean, I've, I'm actually taking my time and doing this. And I have the fortunate... Um, situation where I have a very good contract in urban forestry, uh, working for a conservation district that is financially helping me so that I can concentrate and, and work on, on the few components, all the pieces that you need to get in place before you can really make that big leap, basically. Um, at the same time, even though I have this great contract, I'm like, well, this is all comfortable. And so then I, I don't take that leap forward because it's, well, I'm still in the known. So I think I'm getting to a point though, where I realize that I actually can do more and have a bigger impact. And as I tell more people about what I want to do, I am forcing myself to just take that leap because I've done that before. I've, you know, a lot of people in my in my life say, hey, you're like the master of reinvention because I didn't start out with forestry. You know, I actually started in computers way back in the day, back in the 80s when it was, you know, computers are nothing like they are now. And I've been able to shift around and, and either work for a city and then, you know, within the last 15 years, I've been my own entrepreneur and uh, my own consultant, uh, have my own business. And so um, I think that that really helps too in the transition is if you have tried out and have tested things that, you know, new ways of doing things and find out that it's not that scary. And actually, yes, you may do little um, hiccups or maybe a little bit of you know, mistakes or failures, but in the end, you find that you're just that much more ready for the bigger, the bigger game, which is where I am right now. I can totally relate. I mean, I was educated as an interior architect and I started building my first business in 2005. I know WordPress was around back then, but I did not have a WordPress site. It was hard coded. I didn't know how to make a single change to it. Mm -hmm. And I started that business for all the wrong reasons and I made all the mistakes that an entrepreneur could make in that business and continued to try to grow it and grow it and grow it. And I'm, I, I see a lot of 
entrepreneurs who do that. They're, they're trying to make it grow because they want the income, but they don't, they're not thinking about the impact. And when they start to realize that if they start to realize, I should say that they need to follow their passion, then huge things start to happen in their life. I mean, it all gets more clear. You can, you can stop making those mistakes. I feel, I mean, you're still going to make mistakes. I make mistakes every day. I mean, I, I send out posts that have typos in them and I accidentally delete web pages that were meant to stay up. But that clarity is something amazing. I'm actually in a mastermind, Elizabeth, with Cliff Ravenscraft, who who for the longest time has been huge in the area of podcasting. However, he's making a big business shift right now. He's actually shutting down his podcast answer man side of his business because he realized what his passion was. And this has consistently been making him over well over six figures for years, but he's shutting it down because he realized that is not what he wants to be doing anymore, which to me is amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure he's doing it in a transitioning, you know, he's transitioning absolutely out of that into whatever is so what um what is your big why behind behind your new business oh thank you for asking that question Kim. um you know i just was recently talking with someone about this and, and i you know they were saying what is your why and you know, my why is, is that uh, when I have been, I'm such a lover for nature and to be able to have a career where I get to actually play outside, get paid to play outside and, you know, be with the trees and, and try to make that a better, you know, a better place for, for all of us. Um, I realize that not everyone understands that and they're so disconnected. So I realized that I could no longer be an effective consultant or an an effective player in this world if I couldn't get people to start realizing that their connection with nature is one of the most important relationships that we have in our life. And when I see such the disconnect through our technology, our um, our habits, our society. Like for you, you're, you know, you just described how your tenuous connection to nature was just this week with driving to and from, you know, point A and point B, and it, the the nature was out the window, outside the window, and so I think that that is part of our problem is that we're not connected and therefore we're going down the wrong path. And um, I think it's linked to a lot of our uh, stress and our illnesses that we have and just how well we communicate with each other is because we just need to have that reset is what I'm, you know, my book that I'm working on, it's called Reboot. And what it is, is basically what we need to do is disconnect from how our world is right now and reconnect 
with nature to just kind of get back to what's really important to each other. So it's kind of a global big picture thing for me is that I saw the value of my relationship with nature and I desperately wanted to have that be part of my my new practice is to have people reconnect so that they can have you know a, a, such a high quality of life and their productivity is that much better and everything around them their health their relationships their finances even their work um, is all it all benefits from that reconnection with nature so I really want to work with corporate executives too because I think that they are the ones that are, have the highest um, influence the most influence so if I can get them to reconnect with nature then they can start changing the corporate culture and have their teams understand that importance and we could just have this trickle down effect of you know just shifting our corporate world with the appreciation and um, the embracing Elizabeth what amazes me a lot of the time is that when we take our kids to the park even for me with that many littles I have to be up there at the playground with them because they're it's it's just crazy let's just say that like following where they all are where they all are at any given moment like I want to make sure that they're not running away with strangers or anything Mm -hmm. but there are so many parents who take their kids to the park and sit on the bench and are on their smartphone the whole time and there's just so much else like i I would just want to like sit down on, if I didn't have to be chasing my kids, just sit down on the grass and enjoy the leaves blowing and the fresh air. And I mean, I know I could go out into my backyard and do that, but it amazes me. I mean, it also amazes me that people go out to eat with their significant others and do the same thing. They sit at the table and play on their smartphones and barely talk to each other. So it's not just communicating with nature and enjoying nature, but it's in, there's that whole disconnect, it seems lately, with disconnecting socially, unless you're on the computer, disconnecting nature because you're on the computer. It's like a, it's a vicious cycle. And I am trapped in it. I won't deny it, but I don't go out to eat and stay on my computer the whole time. That would be bad, too. Who knows what my kids would do at a restaurant if I was glued to my smartphone the whole time. But yeah. I really appreciate well, you know, what you're doing. The interesting thing is that um, my process is is basically taking you through the steps of how to just start connecting with yourself because that's what it really is all down to is if you if I can get you to disconnect from or unplug from the technology and the world that you have you're just automatically going through that's when we can through nature I can have you connect with yourself that's what it is it's basically working with that and uh, so my process is the first step is obviously and I use the computer metaphor um, ironically and when you refer to that uh, I use that metaphor in my process by saying the first step is to unplug so I literally have my clients commit to actually 
stop using their smartphones at certain times of the day. And not only that, I have them go out and, and walk. Just go outside, even if you're in downtown Manhattan or like, for instance, I'm on a 15-acre farm here in Washington State. And every day I take my dog and I we walk out and we are out for at least a half an hour, totally unplugged. I do not have that smartphone. Fortunately, I don't have kids to watch over, but one of the things as soon as they get older, it would be so cool if you could take them on a, just a walk, on a hike, and you all are together and you just walk through the landscape. Um, then you'll see that their eyes will open up to the wonders that are around them, as well as you can just start decompressing. But I, I can relate to what you're saying about how we all say, oh, yeah, we'll go out and do things or be with people, but we're glued to our technology. And it's, it's a false, it's even a false sense of, of being sociable. And I don't think Facebook or any of the other apps are, are making us any more connected to each other than if we could just be face-to-face -face with no technology or being out in nature. It's amazing, like you said in the beginning, how we can be so creative and playful, joyful. And that's where I do my best work is out, out in nature. When I do my, when I take my walk, that's where I get my inspiration. I have been making a concerted effort, and I'm not 100% there yet, of getting away from my screens and hour before bed. And I've heard some studies say two hours before bed is even better just because of the blue lights. Mm -hmm. In full transparency, last night, my husband says I fell asleep laying on my laptop. <laughs> it, it wasn't open. I just, I actually hadn't even opened it in bed yet, but I was going to work in bed and then read my book. And I just, I sat back for a moment and then just fell asleep. It, it was an awesome day. I just was so exhausted emotionally that I just fell asleep. But I have found that by doing that on the days that I do do it and I read and journal before bed, and I know this has nothing to do with nature, but by removing myself from technology, I have been sleeping so much better. And that's something that I encourage my clients mm -hmm. to do as well. Yeah. I had one actually complaining earlier this week that he was just not sleeping very well. And I was like, well, what did you do right before you got, you went to bed? He's like, oh, I was watching TV. And I said, well, you need to stop. And I didn't say it quite like that. But really, you need to stop. Like, don't watch TV right before bed. Last week, my son actually got me hooked on The Walking Dead. And I don't watch much TV at all. But it was bad, Elizabeth. I was watching Walking Dead right up till bed. And then I was dreaming about zombies all night. Oh, yeah, I know. That's that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. It, it was It was completely bad. So what would be another recommendation that you give to clients? And and would you mind sharing a transformation that you see in your clients as you're working with them? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's those simple things. Once we once we somehow get them unplugged and then they, we get them out into nature, I find that they start immediately start decompressing. Um, they start realizing that they have some space and, and, you know, space to breathe and just kind of be with themselves without 
put too much of an agenda. What I try to do is then I transition them into doing what I call, and it is a meditation, but it's not hardcore like many people think meditation is about because in our fast paced world, uh, meditation is just not an easy thing for people to uh, to even grasp and or even say, yeah, I'll try it. Um, our, our monkey brain. You're talking to one of those. <laughs> okay. The monkey brain is just cannot um, grasp on that. So what I what I have them do is I actually say that it's called, um, well, I have two practices. One is in the, the best thing to do. Like you said, at the end of the day, it is so important to, to have or to not have your last moments to be wired <laughs> before you sleep. And certainly making sure if you do get wired, make sure it's a, it's a pleasant show instead of <laughs> the walking dead. I could just see how my dreams would go with that too. But what I concentrate on is actually the beginning of the day. And it's a lot easier when it's in the summer. But, but what I do is I say the first thing that I want you to do when you wake up is to actually find a space that's just for you. And it's, it, this is before you have your coffee, before you, you, you take your shower, whatever, before you even start your day, even before you look at your email. That's another thing that we do is right when we're waking up, we go check our email. What I want you to do is just get into a quiet space and actually either sit outside, which is a little not best thing to do at this time of the year but at least sit in front of a window that looks out onto your landscape any sort of landscape and I say you know light a candle or, or, or signify that this this time is is start and the space is yours by lighting a candle or are making a transition and you just what you do is you just sit and observe what's outside the window and not try to clear your mind or anything but just see what comes up in your in your brain and in your head as far as thoughts and how that relates to what you see outside when i say the beginning of the day hopefully it's when it's daylight so that there's some there is some action or even just looking and observing the trees whether they have leaves or not and that sort of thing so it's helping people get curious about something that's that's so unfamiliar to them, but in a space that it's not pressured and there's no need for a certain outcome. And to me, by giving them that space, uh, and it's like 10 minutes, if you could do that for 10 minutes, that's fabulous. 20 minutes is even more fabulous, but uh, whatever they can do, it, it's a great way for them to start their day so that they are not so cluttered and they have had this opportunity to at least notice or observe something that is so not familiar to them and um, hopefully start having them get interested in the outdoors and the nature and and just what is you know the, the environment around them simply and i found that just by them doing that they have realized that they can set they can start their day and their day proceeds so much more fluently. Um, it's smooth. Um, 
they're not so already wrapped up and stressed out about things because they gave themselves that space and it was space in a pleasant, pleasant outlook and an opportunity for them to just have thoughts go by and um, maybe there's an opportunity for them to be curious about something that is just not normal for them. So just getting that practice going, um, I've seen some just that alone has helped with their their de-stressing as well as then the flip side is um, how they approach their day. So it sets the mood and then they can move on to the others. What we also do is work from there, we start talking about just what are their daily practices or daily habits and how can they um, shift those in a way that it just gets them better in alignment with what really works for them. And therefore that will just influence and result in, in a better, you know, a better way of doing things, both work and play. I know this might drive some people crazy, but with my team and I, like I've let team members know that nothing that I send them is an emergency because if we're working in emergency mode, then something is already wrong. Like we shouldn't be working in that space. And a number of my team members have other clients and they, for the longest time, had been in this whole mindset that as soon as they heard the message come in, they had to, they had to respond. That's such a frantic pace to be working with all the time. And I was there for the longest time. And even I would have to say that even just until this week, my email was always one of the first things I checked. But this week, I did not allow myself to check my email until nine o'clock. And like, I'm not checking my email. I, I don't I turned off notifications. So Gmail's not telling me every time I get a new email. So I'll check it at nine noon and sometime in the afternoon. Yeah. So that has been amazing for me. But I would like to ask, I I don't want to call it racing thoughts because racing thoughts can sometimes have bad. It can be related to health conditions. But the best way I can describe the inside of my brain, like if I were to have to put what my brain looks like to, to me, to somebody else is it looks like the New York City subway system full of people who are talking all the time and each one of those trains has thoughts on it along with all the people on the inside so when I try to meditate it's never quiet like I it I just feel sometimes like it's impossible to get quiet and I also have chronic idea disorder so every time I try to be quiet, I have another huge idea and I feel like I have to act on it right away. Do you have any recommendations on how just to slow down and possibly quiet our thoughts? I, we, I don't feel like I could absolutely like if somebody could show me how to have complete stillness, that would be amazing. But I don't know that I would want it, yeah. but I would just like to experience it at one time. But do you have any suggestions on how to just quiet ourselves, especially if we are outside and enjoying nature in the morning? Well, you know, I think that uh, I'm, by the way, I I can understand your condition. <laughs> it is, uh, it is uh, very normal. And I think, like I said, it's an outcome of uh, it's the result of our, our, our society right now is that we're all racing 
around in our head with new thoughts and need to respond and that sort of thing. So um, the best thing to do is to not fight it. I think that the more we say, stay still, stay still, and, and you gotta be quiet. If a, a thought comes in, you know, push it away or just focus on the, you know, candle light or whatever. So like I said, I have found that just by walking in nature, like if you have a park nearby and um, since you're not going to be looking at your email, I, I know it's tough with you, but if you're not looking at email till nine o'clock, I'm wondering if, if it is possible for you to uh, wake up 20 minutes earlier than normal and it's probably dark out and just put on your warm clothes and just walk around the block. Oh, I have a dog and, who hasn't been walked since we moved into our house four years ago. She would absolutely love that. Oh, there, and you're and that's up before anyone else, including everyone outside, so that, she, you know, your dog could, could, you know, have a little bit of freedom there. And the two of you would benefit from that. And that is, and then by walking, and whatever thoughts come up, the walking helps just kind of have it flow out of your system. And it, it, it helps you not hold on to things or feel like there's urgency in doing anything with it. So I find that just by moving outside, moving through nature, helps us just start getting more grounded, obviously. I mean, that's a great irony there, but I feel like you get more grounded when you do that, but you got to do it outside. You got to do it not in your home, not definitely not in your office. And again, just leave the phone behind. Um, and it's just so not on the elliptical that's in my basement no. either. No. <laughs> yeah. no. no, no, and it's we're just yeah. talking walk. We're not talking about anything strenuous or or anything. And it's again, it's that space that you give yourself and allow things to happen. But the last thing you want to do is try to stay still. It just won't work. And I think that if you do that on a regular basis, you will find that your thoughts will slow. And as I think that what has happened with you, with your phone, now that you are with your email, that you don't check now till later in the day and at certain times of the day, you're starting to work on a, a habit or a practice that's helping you start uh, just, you know, not get so stressed out about everything, right? Or being, feeling like you have to respond to every idea that comes through your head. Because if it's a good one, it will come back, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm also finding is that I'm not getting stressed first thing in the morning by client needs and the, and the whole outside world's needs. But I'm actually feeding whatever creativity inside of me needs to be released. So I'm it I'm not saying I'm not on the, my computer till nine o'clock. That would be a complete lie. Mm -hmm. But I'm working on an article or a post or promoting a podcast. You know, I'm I'm out there doing something that feeds my my inner need and not the rest of the world's. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And to me, those are activities that you're, you're in a, essence, you're unplugged um, because yeah. you're not like totally in contact with 
that someone else is you know, with some other people, right? Oh, absolutely. And another big change is I always have Skype open and I've been shutting that off um, in the evening and especially on the weekends because I've found that if people see that I'm on, then I'm, you know, that I must be available. I must be available to do work. It doesn't matter if it's 10 or 11 at night or if it's Sunday afternoon, I must be available. But no, it just, it doesn't mean yeah, that. Good. Good no. for you. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, thank you. Elizabeth, this has been a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today. Where can listeners find out more about you and what you're doing and connect with you? So I have my website. Um, it's called theexecutivereboot.com. And we'll have it in the, the uh, show show notes. Um and there, the people can take a look at, I have an assessment, so we can see how empowered you are as um, a leader or an executive or just someone who is trying to do it all. Um, I have an assessment there where you can see how well you're doing that within your life and work. And I also have a free list of the 50 plus ways to connect with your wild self that don't require yoga pants. And that's a great one because there's some just easy ways for people to start reconnecting with nature. And as I said before, it's also about yourself. And uh, and then if people want to know more about what I do and want to see if it's possible to work with me, I have a an opportunity for them to sign up for a session to, to talk. Fabulous. Listeners, just in case you are out on your walk right now which it's going to be hard for me to leave my phone at home. So I'm not listening to podcasts. I got to be just totally transparent there. But if you are out driving or on your walk right now, you will be able to find all of Elizabeth's links on the show notes page at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP214. Thank you again so much, Elizabeth, for joining us. Do you have a last piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? I think that the best thing to do at this time of the year is to unplug as often as possible. And the best way to unplug is to go outside, walk that dog, and just enjoy the season's beauty. 